0: I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass, and I'm all out of bubblegum.
1: There are of course those who do not want us to speak. Greed, deception, abuse of power, that's no plan. They they keep knowledge, you know, they're they're total masters of deception. They manipulate everything. You know these these pricks at the hell and lie to us.
0: It's... I did not have sexual relations with that woman, Miss Lorensky. I never told anybody to lie. Not a single time. Never. These allegations are false, and I need to go back to work for the American people. They're they're setting it up for the great deception. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it it all revolves around the Great Deception. Yeah, a, bingo. And L.A. and I talked about that. I said, L.A., is this the Great Deception? And he didn't hesitate. He said, absolutely. Well, we are opposed around the world
1: by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence, on infiltration instead of invasion, on subversion instead of elections. On intimidation instead of free choice. On guerrillas by night instead of armies by day.
0: The world needs a wake up call.
1: We're going to phone it in. And and welcome to the Great Deception Podcast. I'm your host, Matt. Thanks for joining me. It's Saturday night. (laughs) I just got my son to bed, and I've been getting a lot of questions about um, the latest Ewar Anon video on the lost history of flat, you know what, and uh, some people were asking, you know, what's my take on it, what do you think, and honestly, guys, uh, to, to be honest, I felt like it was like watching the last episode of Game of Thrones or The Sopranos. Um, just a an abrupt ending that was rushed. Uh, I don't think it had as much substance as the other material that was presented. So I really have mixed emotions on it because on one hand – he, he makes some very valid points, some very good points that a lot of people need to take into consideration. Um, but then on the other hand, you know, he kind of gives some weak arguments as to this drastic change. And, you know, and he, it's full of contradictions. I mean, it's one giant contradiction is really what it is. Um, and as we go through it, you know we'll we'll look at it a little bit more, but uh one of the things I really wanted to uh go into was you know there is some good in this but but here's the thing for those of you who haven't uh listened to it, I'm talking about the latest you weren't on video it's episode four the end um and I'll have the link in the description if you haven't watched it, so you can go watch it first and then listen and watch or watch this. But what it is, is, is this is the guy who made, you know, 10 to 20 hours worth of lost history videos and seemed very researched, seemed very knowledgeable on a lot of these topics. Um, and then all of a sudden, last week, he comes out and... He all of a sudden says, you know, that we're lazy, we're stupid, we're fools, we're sheep, we're stagnant, we're selective, we're weak um, regarding alternate history. And, you know, I I agree with him in a sense that, you know, people need to do the research. People need to break the cognitive dissonance and and stop hitching their wagon to a theory and acting as if it's fact. Guys, one of the things, the mantra of this show is question everything, right? I don't claim to know anything, right? And that's what I've told you from day one. What I am doing is is twofold. One, I'm presenting you with what I'm finding out in the research that I'm doing. And two, I'm asking questions and hoping that others will, will join the journey and start digging along as well, because we've noticed holes in the narrative, his story. Okay. And that's one of the problems that I have with this is that at one point he almost says, you know, we should trust the narrative, but then 30 seconds later, he says, you know, and the narrative is very questionable. So it's like, he's all over the place here. And I was, you know, I don't know what happened. I don't know what's going on. Uh, you know, some of the good points he makes is that we have to break the cognitive dissonance, right? There's too many people that are hitched to things, and when ideas are brought up and 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 thing evidence is presented, they cannot adjust, they cannot admit they're wrong, and that's a big problem. Okay, that's a major issue we have here is that people and the other thing that you know where I highly agree with him, is on the whole point of generalizations, right? You cannot make any generalizations about anything. You know, I mean, that's just these large blanket statements are just destined to fail. So, I mean, I agree with him on that sense, but he uses that to attack, um, you know, certain aspects of this. But I I think that anyone that has any sort of credibility in the community would agree that all of these are asinine statements that you can't make these general statements that, you know, just because there's buildings all over the place that look alike that, um, you know, it had to be a one world civilization or, you know, all uh, mountains are melted buildings. And, you know, it's just all these things that you know, I understand that he went through and did 14 hours worth of stuff. And now he's realizing, hey, maybe there were some holes in it. Okay, that's fine. I have no problem with anyone admitting that they're wrong because I, I'm the first one to admit when I'm wrong and I expect others to do that. But at the same time, to, go, to throw away it all, you know, you just threw away the baby with the bathwater right there. He just basically discredited everything that he did and said it was just rife with errors and i find that hard to believe for someone who to do 20 hours guys he's doing hundreds of hours of research now it's they it's not he it's multiple people we here's another thing who is ewar we never see his face he has like a cult icon following where people you know I, and i enjoy his work you know i shared his work because it brought up some great questions but I never said this is facts. I never took it as the truth. Um. So, you know, for him to start bashing people and bashing topics, who cares? You know, that's his opinion. Everyone's entitled to their opinion. And I would say, you know, to those of you who are kind of butthurt right now because you put all your eggs in the Ewar basket and now see that, you know, he's backtracking on a lot of what he said. and. Uh, you know, you got, it's the Trump thing again, guys, stop putting all your faith in one person, man is fallible, you know, and this whole worship, this cult following has got to stop. Now, what was the purpose This was it to distract people? Was it, did, did, were we getting too close to certain things and someone got in his ear and said, Hey, we need you to change this direction it's a possibility. Was it something to get people in fighting to, to further division in this sort of, you know, I hate the, the word to use, use the word community, but there's no other way to describe it, but like the, you know, the Tartards and, and then all the people who do the real good research and stuff. I don't know. I, I don't really know what the purpose of this is, but like I said, it's not up to the quality of his work from before so let's you know now here's some other things that he says he says don't parrot ideas well obviously yes do your research you shouldn't be just going and parroting other people's ideas right now there's it, it, there's a difference between parroting in the sense that you are now claiming to, to know it as fact versus saying hey posing it as a question those are two very different things and from that standpoint that you know people stand firm on it i i agree with him now one of the things that he also says is he says archival material can be forged right yes we we know the smithsonian has covered up and altered evidence we know The CIA has hidden and altered the FBI. All these groups have done this. So why wouldn't they do it for this? Why wouldn't they do it with history? So we know that there's there's all sorts of bad information out there. But at the same time, then he goes on to say, you know, there's an abundance of archival material that we can go and research. It's like, well, which one is it? Is the archival, you know, is it to be trusted or can it be forged? And and is it open for a question? You know, and that's why I I got that bad vibe that he almost was making it seem like we couldn't question the narrative anymore. His narrative of, you know, the alternate history, all of a sudden it was like, he, he almost went on and, and switched to say that the narrative was okay. And that's what we should start believing. And I totally disagree with that. Now, one last thing that he does say in here that I, I, Definitely agree with is Tartaria is not the answer. But I understand the people that use the term in in the manner to to encapsulate the old world. I prefer the term old world because I don't, I know, you know, from my research, like I've said, and you guys can go listen to my episodes. I've only found that it was, you know, part of that Eastern Asia, you know, possibly over into North America. But I, I don't have any proof other than, you know, reading Flamenco. So, uh, Tartaria is not that worldwide civilization from what I have found so far. So, I would agree with him at that point. Now, where do I disagree with him? The name calling, right? I don't understand. Why would he go about and, 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 and just constantly, you know, he's got pictures of jackasses in there laughing. And, you know, he says stupid over and over and over and calls fools, sheep, um, stagnant, lazy, selective, weak. I said, man, the research that I do is far from lazy, man. I put in effort. And, and I didn't take this personally myself, but I'm saying, then he goes on to name four YouTubers you know, like John Levy or three YouTubers, John Levy, uh Martin Ledkey, and then he names James Lee, who guys, from the minute that James Lee's book came out, we called it out because it's full of Photoshop pictures and bullshit. It's just clip, clip, and copy from other people. It's not original work. I mean, that James Lee One World Tartarian book is in my eyes, it's probably about 50-50 legitimate stuff and then photoshopped trash so i mean if if it's only going to be relatively accurate you got to get rid of it you know you gotta like give it no credence and that's another thing Ewar attacked him and his book and his his outlook on it you know and who is this james lee there's another guy you know i mean the book sucked Uh, let's be honest i mean it wasn't any good So, but to call out the YouTubers, that rubbed me the wrong way because it basically made it sound like all of his research was based on just going into their material, researching them, and then representing it as his. And like he didn't do any other research, which is very, very strange. So I I don't know like I said, it's, it's full of contradictions. And as we go through it, you'll, you'll start seeing that, you know, it's, it's, he's talking about how we're dumb, but then on the other hand, that the history there's proof that they there's, you know, shenanigans going on and then it's been manipulated. So I don't know. It's just strange. And, and where I really have a hard time is, the whole idea that one cathedral that was built in the 20th century with modern technology that took almost 75 years to build is what totally flipped him on all of this. So basically what you're telling me is that in all of the hours of research, he never once came across any building that they actually built from the ground up I mean I've even uh, as much as I question the narrative of the Chicago World's Fair I've shown you guys and I've posted on Instagram pictures of construction there I don't deny that some of the buildings were built I just don't believe that all of them were built especially in the time frame we're talking about cuz listen that one cathedral 75 years and we're told in Chicago for the World's Fair that they turned a swamp into a Romanesque landscape of almost 700 acres, dredged it, you know, all the landscaping, put up almost 200 buildings in less than two years, year and a half to two years, 18 months to 24 months. You're telling me that's a legitimate, that I can't question that anymore. And then he shows, he he goes and shows a picture of the admin building being constructed. Uh, okay. One building. Great. Yeah. There were buildings that were built. We're not, you know, and that's where it, it kind of got me because I'm like, who is saying that none of this was built according to the narrative. Some of it was yes, but there's a lot of holes in the narrative. There's a lot of questions that people have, and it's not answered by what was presented. So I, I just found that really, really tough to, to deal with because that one, I mean, we're talking modern tech. Yeah, in, 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 And he even then goes on to contradict himself talking about how they refurbished one of the cathedrals in seven to 10 years. So it's like, which one is it, my man? Stay on track. And that's the thing we, again, I'm going to reiterate, I never claim to know or have any sort of facts. Right. I'm going off of, I'm presenting you with information that I find and, and, and putting it together. I, I don't know though. No one knows. It's, you know, and that's what he even says, you know, anything uh, lost time is lost. You know, there's no one around from that era anymore that could give us firsthand account. So we have to do our research. And anyone that does tell you they know, they're either a liar or they're totally full of shit. So stay away from them because any, any of these people that say they know for a fact or it has to be, they're lying. Okay, anything is possible at this point. And we have to be open to that. And guys, the hardest thing to do is to fall on your sword and admit that you're wrong. But guess what? It allows you to continue the journey. If you're going to set your feet in, in the sand and die on a hill that can easily be picked apart, you don't deserve to be in the game. Your, your opinion loses credibility, and that's what we have to keep here. We have to build credibility amongst ourselves, and then we can bring, bring it outward. And that's one of the things I also said. Why, he keeps comparing it to, you know, we have to challenge their models. Well, why? We, we, we've proven that some of their models are, are bullshit. And then he's he's talking about all oh, we make these general theories, and, and how that there's anything wrong with that. Well, no, there's nothing wrong with theories. We're presenting information, okay. And you can debunk a theory if you can, but gravity's a theory. There are a lot of theories that people take as fact that people need to remember it is nothing more than just a theory. So here he goes. He's talking about his um, his seven part series, six part series, uh, seven part series, and he says it is rife with mistakes. He said he overlooked the complexity of the matter, and this is where the journey ends. All that, guys, all that research ends right here, and why? Because now all of a sudden he's focused on the Dark Ages and the gothic so be be skeptical here you're being now you're being led towards the gothic story okay yes that's another piece of the puzzle but we can't just throw out all the other research we did and everyone go hop on the gothic train now i feel like that does the whole narrative and the whole dismantling of the narrative and his story a disservice i mean i i, I I'm not going to lie to you. I just about a month ago, I ordered one, two, three, four Gothic cathedral, Gothic architecture books um, because I was interested in it. And and I'm going to start digging into it. Not now, obviously, right away, because I got other things I want to get at. But, you know, he, he's, he hasn't reinvented the wheel here either. So just remember, guys, this is just one person's opinion on the matter. And so now he's going into the labyrinth of the lost guild. I'm always skeptical of going in labyrinths, guys. You know, keys in the middle. Symbolism, I don't know. You know, and here he goes. He's like, as we we're dealing with the lost or forbidden and destroyed history of our realm, it's easy to fall into logical fallacies and, making, and make sweeping generalizations. Well, no shit. Everyone knows sweeping generalizations are stupid. He goes, Dispelling the sorcery, the heliocentric model is easier. We have hard evidence. And then he gets into the whole, you know, he says it's just a model, right? Just a theory, that whole thing. Um, And then he gets into the whole, you know, Earth, you know, being flat versus round. It is what it is. I'm not getting into that. But then he says, any alternative model needs to do two things it needs to challenge the dominant model he goes and and this includes being powerful enough to wake up anyone indoctrinated by the dominant model i don't agree with that why do you have to wake them up if if it if it it's good and it's legitimate and they don't believe it it's still good and legitimate so i mean yeah i agree you have to challenge the dominant model but i don't believe you have to wake anyone up that's indoctrinated because that's exactly what they are they're indoctrinated they've been brainwashed and just because you can't unbrainwash them doesn't take any credibility away from you i mean that just doesn't make any sense to me and he goes reflect reality as realistically as possible yeah i mean that's common sense he goes our mode of investigation primarily consists of locating anomalies connecting dots and using our imaginations yes Yes, and and digging through the evidence, the books, he goes. The historical nar- narrative surrounding mankind's uh, technological and engineering advancement is a lie. Therefore, all of historical narrative is a lie. Now, come on, let's be real here. Is that is that what we're 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 believing these days? Because one thing's true or false, everything's false. I mean, that's just childish. Many structures show red brick under their facades. Therefore, all architecture was constructed in red brick. Again, no one is saying this that I know that has any sort of credibility. Many rock formations resemble melted buildings. Therefore, all mountains and land masses are melted buildings. Again, I love red bricks. I find his work entertaining. Do I believe it? No, I don't think every mountain is a melted building. Do I have proof? No. Does he have proof that they are? No. It's something that discusses back and forth. Now, to make a generalization, that all makes you sound stupid. Because there are no absolutes. Okay? The letter J appears in front of many dates. This means it was the millennial reign of Jesus. Okay? Not everybody's saying that. It could be Janice. It could be some sort of other marker and he goes there exists a lot of counter evidence that can dispel these generalizations quite quickly now where is it here he goes there is an abundance of archival material especially from the last 500 years that demonstrates that not all the historical narrative is false well which is it can archival material be forged or Does it demonstrate that not all, it does demonstrate that not all, no one's saying all of the historical narrative is false because it's not all false. There is some, but there's a lot of the stories that are made up. And to just dismay that and act like there weren't, you know, monks and, and people of the clergy that were writing nonstop publishing books, rewriting, translating a lot gets lost in translation, guys. Whether it was intentional or unintentional, things get lost in translation. So, archival material that has been translated from the original source is no longer as accurate as the original source. It's flawed. Here we go again. There are many structures that are not facaded or made out of red brick, but other types of stone, such as sandstone. No shit. I mean, come on, this is just so stupid. It's such a weak argument. There are many rock formations that do not appear melted, but have deliberate formations like the basalt columns or various areas that suggest traces of grand scale uh, mining. Yeah, no kidding. Again, you make sweeping generalizations and you're going to make yourself sound ridiculous. He goes, there are many instances of J being used in dates that do clearly indicate it was a substitute for the number one. Okay? Yeah, we get that. There were some. But there's also many instances where it makes no sense or the J was added deliberately after the fact. You can see it. The stone has been manipulated to add it. Because what we have done instead is make claims that the entire narrative and all characters that populate it are potentially fake. Not all. Okay, again, this all, this, this sweeping generalization that he, he, he talks about. I don't know anyone that says all that I give any respect to on anything. Okay, so I, it just keeps losing me here. He goes, it, it, here's this contradiction. He goes, yeah, it's likely that a tremendous amount of it is fake. Okay, yeah. So what is the problem here? And that's what I'm struggling with with this, where I keep bouncing back and forth. Because he goes, if you enter a debate with a historian or a professor of architecture and claim that all of history prior to the 19th century is a lie, you'll la- they will laugh in your face. Oh, well, no shit. Because that's the stupidest argument ever to say everything before then is, is a lie. That's the, that's just dumb logic. So I don't get it. And again, he calls a stupid guy. And look at this idiot here, guy in a donut life raft, the business suit in a snorkel gear and fins on. I mean, He goes, I love hasty generalizations as much as the next fellow. I've made the worst hasty generalization of them all. He goes, we see similar structures all over the world. Therefore, they belonged to one whole unified civilization. We see similar, you know, and he goes, how could I have been so utterly stupid? He goes, only fools rush in. And then he starts calling us sheep, you know, he goes, just re- Gurgitating the stories that indoctrinated so many minds of those amongst us. He goes, and yet we still have the tendency to do this, <clears throat> albeit in a different way under the mindset of being awake. Again, there are people who are out there parroting. And like I said in the beginning, they got to cut the shit. Get real. you got to do your research. you got to have something to back it up. Oh, yeah, it's great to ask questions, but if it's just, if your whole, the whole substance of your presentation is just questions, there's nothing to it. He goes, never ever adopt the mindset that you have all the answers. I don't know anyone, anyone, again, I hate this word in this community that claims to have all the answers, because if they do, like I said, they're either liar or they're full of shit, and stay away from those people. Those are the psychopaths. Those are the most dangerous people. Regurgitating claims that I had heard elsewhere and not retaining an objective, distant stance when investigating our history. Taking something at face value and then gone on to echo this information elsewhere and not test the information's validity or apply critical thinking to its claims. That's on you. Right. Why is that? That's not on me that you didn't do your work. Right. And that's what I'm, t- I'm talking about here. If if he's telling us that for those videos, he just simply went and watched some videos and then parroted without doing any actual research. Well, then shame on you. That's that's not how this works. He goes, who suffers from a statement like that? And he talks about cognitive dissonance. Yeah. You got to be able to, to change your mindset when new evidence is presented or ca- at least consider the evidence, right? Again, you cannot hitch your, your wheels, your wagon to one theory. And here we go. Here's what changed it all. He chose to go to Liverpool Cathedral in a <sighs> synchronicity, that changed LHFE forever. Okay. He goes in and he says, oh, this has to be old world tech. It's a great impossibility. Again, it's the, these, these, yeah, we might as well have said, oh, horse and buggy, but yet this is 20th century guys. So let's be real. He goes, as I entered the gift shop to see if they sold any photographic prints, a book caught my eye, the building of Liverpool Cathedral by Paul, uh, Peter Kennerly. Okay. And there's pictures that it was built in the 20th century. Okay. It's one of the first real cathedrals to be built in England for 600 years. He shows a picture of the quarry where they quarried the rock. He shows a steam powered saw, which we wouldn't see in most of the 1800s. And he goes, and they are not fake. Oh my gosh you found construction photos that aren't fake you mean there's 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 actually construction photos of buildings out there I mean come on this is this is asinine that little book from the gift shop haunted my mind I couldn't find a way to justify the construction of this structure why not it's the 20th century like I get it they had they had to look at the look at the lifts and everything they have here this is high tech this isn't just cheap wood scaffolding like we see in the you know in the medieval times and on the etchings and everything you go know, building a standard church is one thing but a grand cathedral like this it was completed in nineteen seventy eight guys the year I was born <laughs> so I you know I, I'm he goes still to this day. He's all about the Liverpudlians. I don't know if he just loves the word. It's I've never heard it. Anyone ever say li- Liverpudlians before? And he, if you play a drinking game, you're gonna have a nice little buzz after this. So go for it. Play the uh, Liverpudlian's drinking game if you're if you're watching this video and enjoy, or, or smoke whatever you're, pick your poison. Uh, he goes. There are Liverpudlians that remember its construction. No shit, it finished in 1978. My parents, if they went over there, would have remembered the construction. We're not talking about generations ago. Okay? What an achievement. Yes, it is. It doesn't matter what time frame this is done. When you look at this building, this is a magnificent, it's a work of art. It is a thing of beauty. I will not deny that. And he goes, Giants did not have a hand in building it. Just fine Liverpudlians of normal size. I don't know anyone that said all of the buildings were built by Giants. There is some that appear to be because of the size of the entranceways, the doors, some of the materials, some of the books they found in these buildings. A grown man trying to find a fault in something way beyond himself just to justify an argument he had made. I mean, that's on you again. Again, just because there's a lack of photographic evidence before 1840 does not mean a nation's people did not build these structures. No one is saying that they didn't build all of them. But how? Where are the materials coming from? Where's the labor coming from? Who's? Dr- where are the blueprints for these? You're telling me they just free-balled this? There's no records, no nothing on any of these buildings. They just managed to pull this off and in record times. That's where a lot of, and listen, I, I believe a lot of these buildings were built, but not in the time frame we're given. It just doesn't make sense with the technology at hand, the labor available, the skilled labor available at the time, the, the amount of resources you would need. It just doesn't, doesn't seem feasible. And I have not found any proof to back it up yet that it is legitimate. Everything that I've read, especially on the world's fairs, is that those stories are full of holes. It says, have you become accidentally complicit in an act that could potentially erase not only your own history, but also those of other nations? So now he's spinning it on you and saying, are you the problem? Okay, that's no, no, not at all. Have we looked into the history of these structures enough to make any kind of assertion that the, an entirely different people in society built them? It depends which buildings. Again, you're making a vast generalization here. We're talking about architecture that ranges from, you know, BC up through today. So, I mean, yes, there's a variety, but there's some certain types of architecture. And, you know, you look at the, uh, you know, like the City Beautiful movement in America in the 1800s. The amount of buildings that were built in America, according to the narrative, from 1850 to like 1915 that were destroyed by 1950 is astronomical. And the size of the, where, it just doesn't make any sense. And there's no proof of any of it a lot of these buildings i've researched there's no blueprints okay there's nothing i've i've read uh, two books now on john welburn root one of the biggest architects on the chicago world fair and there is not one mention of the actual construction itself not one picture of the actual construction itself now i got another book to read on daniel burnham called the plan of chicago to see you know if there's anything in there of any any value But, guys, these are the architects. You would think that they they would have some blueprints. No. Uh, John Root, he drew everything on a brown paper bag. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. We just designed the entire Chicago World's Fair on brown paper bags. That makes sense, guys. That doesn't seem legitimate to me at all. He goes, have your investigative pursuits become so stagnant, here we go, lazy and selective, that you find yourself deliberately ignoring instances such as the construction of the Liverpool Cathedral. What a mistake. What a sin. Hey, again, that's, that's the generalization. If you're going to fall into the categories and generalizations, you are guilty of this. He goes, I plan to demonstrate that these structures were not put up at the hands of some mythical one world unified civilization. It's so important not to be hasty and come to generalized conclusion when looking into the origin of some of these structures. And here we go. His buddy, James Lee. Okay. This guy has no credibility in my eyes. That book is is trash. It's just, you might as well go on Instagram and search hashtag Tartaria and just take all those photos and stories and put them in a book. And that's what this is. It's junk. He goes, whether intentionally or not, has the potential to cause injury or even erase your history. Again, he's, he's, he's threat, like, threatening here. He's like, you know, it's your fault. You're going to cause people harm. Like, he's like, the, in, in, you know, all of a sudden, this is misinformation. And yes, any generalization is misinformation. They made some wild generalizations about certain medical procedures and how they would safe and effective, right? And and that, you know, you would be protected. And we found that not to be true. No sweeping generalizations are legit, okay? So let's get back to it. It does not take much reading and digging to know that a claim like a one-world civilization is not the answer, okay? He goes, Of reductive, simplistic generalization that dismisses and erases Europe's entire history in favor of a utopian lie with little to no evidence to support its claim. Yeah, the Tartaria is, the people that claim of Tartaria being one world has, there's a lot of holes in that from what I found. Because I haven't found anything to support that. That Tartaria was anything more than, you know, an East Asian land. But, you know, there are people out there that claim everything. And and I agree here. Tartary is not the answer. He's spot on. It's not. That's a a cheap and easy way around all this. And we got to be better than that. I like to use old world. All right. It's a lot different. And he he pulls up here from Stolen History. And I agree with this. He goes, Dreamtime hits the nail on the head. In reality, Tartaria was simply a geographic area in Asia. It was part of the old world, but it wasn't exclusively the old world. To this date, not a single proof has been presented why this geographically limited region in Asia called Tartary was worldwide. And I agree with that. I have found nothing to show that. Tartaria's history as a nation and people is important and intertwined into the larger historical story of the Middle Ages, But is not the sole answer. Yeah. Right. I I agree. Why did they erase it? There, you know, and that's what I've been digging into. What is the why is the need to erase this? People, why, you know, and here he goes again makes us look stupid. And I agree. James Lee's book does make us look stupid because a lot of Photoshop's in there, all those robots and stuff, half of those pictures are Photoshop's, and you can go look at the original. And then the robots photoshopped in. It's garbage. It goes, but drowning entire nations, let alone the entire world's history in Tartarian Inc. has the potential to be very damaging. No, it just makes people sound stupid. That's all. If you're going to say it's everything, then you just sound dumb. But all of the people that I know that do good research don't make these sweeping Generalizations. So he goes, I would like to hear Lee's justification as to why he thinks it's appropriate to try to rewrite European, Indian, Chinese, and African history as Tartarian. I guess it's a valid point. I mean, there are histories all around the world. And here we go. I I, I don't like the symbolism of this one. He goes, rewrite an, our entire world history as globalist. And this is where it doesn't, I get weird feeling about this part. You know, the globalist revisionism. I think that's what they want us to to buy into. He goes, I naively promoted it. No justification for my actions. I made a mistake. Forgiven, right? You admitted your mistake. Okay, I I forgive you. I I hold nothing against you, man. I mean, I, I think it takes a big man to admit they're wrong. I give you credit for that. And we go, okay, so we're here. We go, it's more of a placeholder, just a word to use to describe these kind of structures. Yeah, he goes, it is an attempt to cling to an incorrect and potentially damaging argument and redesignate it as having some kind of worth or usefulness, which it does not. Okay. I mean, he's going hard on this whole, you know, every... And and this is comical because listen, man, anybody that's done any research on buildings knows this. He goes, there's an abundance of empirical and written evidence testifying to the difference between Gothic and classical architecture. No shit. There's multiple different types of ar- architecture. No one ever said there wasn't. So I, I you know, and, and in all your hours of research, now you're just saying that th- there is. Like all those videos, you didn't realize it? Come on. The use of the word Tartarian as an adjective to describe these structures is completely wrong in every sense. I agree. Old world is much more accurate. Nonsensical and weakens our position. Okay, yeah. It displaces the actual heritage of the people who did actually have a hand in construction these these structures. Well, what about the ones who had the hand in manipulate that didn't, that took credit for others' work when they founded buildings? They didn't build them. Okay, well, what about those people? You know, and uh, now this is interesting because now he's all about this owl. Okay, and again, the owl symbolism, if you're into symbolism, it has some significance. He goes, this kind of hasty generalization and linguistic suggestiveness of a unified civilization has the potential to be so damaging. Um, Words like Tartarian should not be tolerated, and yet it is strange, isn't it, that during such a time that the word could become so prevalent? I guess. I mean... Yeah, it came out recently. Stand up for our nation's history. (laughs) It took 74 years to build this cathedral in the 20th century. So believe everything else just because of this one building. Not doing it, bud. I can't buy that. That's weak. That's a weak. Yeah, look, 74 years to build post-industrial revolution. So explain to me pre-industrial revolution how buildings are built in less than 10 years on a similar scale, no tech, not nowhere near the same technology that we supposedly had for this. Okay. So he goes, and this is a contradiction again. He goes, so the historical narrative surrounding construction of so many structures of the past was most certainly very questionable. Yeah. Right. He just admitted, he just contradicted himself right there. And again, here we go. It took our ancestors in the Middle Ages a mere seven to ten years to completely rebuild Canterbury Cathedral. So, I mean, yeah, it makes no sense. That narrative makes no sense. Why are we not attacking that? Instead, we're going to say that anybody that says Tartari is a retard. I mean, come on. He goes, I presented a bad, lazy, hyper simplistic argument that could be debunked very easily and failed to do subject any kind of justice. I spoke about the old world as if it were not centuries between some of these structures. That's not the point though. Okay. Part of it is you opened people up to thinking about things and investigating things. You brought discussion to the table. Now, if some of the information has been debunked, yes, people are going to find that also. And anyone that just goes around and parrots what you put in your videos as fact, well, they're flawed to begin with. But to just discredit these these uh, you know all these videos, and and you know when we talk about I talk about the old world, I'm talking about pre 18. 50 essentially you know um it's it's when they started really manipulating history he goes a tremendous amount can change in a century no kidding the gothic and classical are just two of the many types of architecture and then he's like as if uh, reset as if there was just one again i don't know anyone that claims there was just one reset That's, you know, I've said multiple times, I think there were many resets, I don't know how many, I don't know how long the timeline stretches back. He goes, the mud as if it were just one isolated incident or cataclysm. And I'll say I was guilty of that in the beginning, you know, talking about the mud flood, but the more I look at it, it was a combination of events in different areas that had similar outcomes in that area. So it doesn't have to be, you know, one world event from one source. I think it was a worldwide event that was happening during, a, you know, a, a century's worth of time frame all over the world, different events. You have like the Carrington event, you have Krakatoa, you you know, you have... uh Oh, geez, you, you have the New Madrid earthquake. You have all of the Mount, uh, Mount Tambora eruption, right? All these massive events happening. And then you see pictures like this. What explains all of that mud and these buried buildings? What caused this? And he goes, in making hasty generalizations, I had set myself up for defeat. Yes, you did. Yes, you do when you make them. Our alternate, his, alternative historical model or approach is very weak and offers no real challenge to the official story. I find that to be complete and utter bullshit. Overall, yeah, because th- guys, we're talking about thousands of years of history that they've had and, and thousands of years they've had to write this and, and, and manipulate. And we're working uphill because a lot of the information now too has been censored and taken away buried what's in the vatican archives why is that so locked up why can't we see that what's in the smithsonian why can't we see that information so you know we're working behind the eight ball to start with because we don't have access to the real information that's what they use to create his story And now he gets into the awakened narrative prose. It's ability to seize the attention of the recipient and wake them to the uh, possibility of historical fabrication. Good. That's a great thing. Everybody should see that there's been manipulation Two, it instills in the recipient, a new or renewed vigor and passionate interest in architecture and history. Suddenly a whole new world of inquiry opens up to the recipient with childlike wonder. That's beautiful. It's getting people to think, getting people to discuss, ask questions, that's what it's all about. He goes, cons. And then he only gave two pros. Okay. Cons. It takes hundreds, if not thousands of years worth of history and reduces it to generalization. No. Certain people do that. Not everyone. And that's it. He's making generalizations here again. It ignores the majority of historical narrative in favor of the imagination. No, it doesn't. The, the, the historical narrative is rife with holes. Rife with errors. Three, it tends to rewrite lost history in black and white terms. It's either or, good or bad, this or that. No, it's not. Anyone that has done any research will tell you it's not black and white. There's a ton of gray in this stuff, a ton of loose connections that you can make. Okay, it doesn't have to be yes or no. And that's what the other people want. They want it to be all or nothing. Either it is or it isn't. That's not the way it works. Four, it tends to favor globalist revisionism and accidentally ignores or erases huge national groups from its vision. I don't think so. I think the narrative that we're under, that, that we've been taught, has erased huge national groups from its vision. I mean, they admitted they erased Tartaria. How many other civilizations? How often do you hear about the Moors in America? How often do you hear about giants, giant bones, mound people, you know, all this stuff that there is evidence to that is just dismissed by the historical narrative as, oh, that's from the movies. Oh, that's just in fairy tales. Come on, guys. We got, I mean, you got to be better than this. And he goes, it is wrong. No, I i, I disagree. The awakened narrative is nothing but a tool, not the be-all and end-all. No kidding. Nobody claims to have all the answers. Anyone that does any research, anyone. The more that you dig into this, the l- more you realize you know little less. You know nothing. I've done, guys, in the past, five years, not even five, I'd say, you know, go just start 2020. When, when I really started going hard at this, putting in thousands of hours into this stuff, reading, researching, putting together presentations, talking with other people. And, you know, it's not to be all end all. It's a tool. I, yeah. I mean, you do the research for a reason to have discussion. And he goes, he needs to strengthen and nuance his argument and approach. And I agree. He, if, if he didn't do the research when he put together those videos and just blindly copied from other people, yeah, he needs to. And time to revisit history more generally and study it properly. Yeah. I mean, I think we're all trying to, like I said, we're behind the eight ball though. We have limited sources. The internet's been a great ally, but there's still so much that's been hidden. He goes, I did not know the story of Gothic architecture at all. Okay. That's a lot of people. I mean, I didn't either. And that's why I bought those five books. I wanted to know why there was an agenda to eradicate, erase, and rewrite the Gothic why the dark ages were surrounded in foggy obscurity. We just said that that we're supposed to trust the narrative. And if they had eradicated, erased and rewrote Gothic, why are we trusting the narrative? This just, and this whole focus on the Gothic, like this is some new awakening. Like it's been around forever. And here, here's the question. Did architecture once hold a lost function that has been hidden from us? That's the question we're all asking. Did cathedrals hold a mystery? He goes, but that doesn't mean the cathedral as a form and in and of itself does not have a long lost function. And I agree. We've looked at that with the different uh, different frequencies. Right, You look at the windows. You look at the design of the architecture, the layout. You look at the organs inside, the bells, the church bells that are used. They were places of healing, folks. And there was a reason, not because they wanted to tell you time, that the bells would ring on the hour. If the research that people have done is correct, those churches could have emanated with cymatic frequencies, healing frequencies that would have helped the people there's such thing as healing frequencies, people. I mean, go, go Google it. Go look at YouTube. You'll find cymatic frequencies and their healing properties. Well, that's what these things were. One of the functions, they were multifunction guys. They didn't put all this stuff up just for aesthetics and looks. I mean, these things were a pretty penny to invest in. Okay. He goes, Was reset my own mind to take it back to a blank slate, a tabula rasa, and try to read the architecture, to listen to what its stone was trying to tell me. I love that approach. And to listen to the stone honestly and not try to make it work with the narrative or theory that I'd like it to work with. Excellent. That's the approach we should all take. Don't try to put things into our box. Find your box and see if it fits or it doesn't fit and if it doesn't it's just as valid as if it does <clears throat> you know if it i mean if it doesn't from a contradictory standpoint that just makes it just as valid as the information that you find that makes it valid in your eyes narrative or storytelling is so powerful in its ability to be convincing and authoritative this is why history is very susceptible to corruption and falsification yes history is full of corruption and falsification full of it rife with it he goes the printed word killed the building and this is victor hugo that said that very very wise take on that he goes i still had to turn to narrative and try and tell gothic stories architect why are you turning to the narrative you you just said right here the narrative is very susceptible to corruption and falsification. So again, this is where I don't understand what he's doing here. It's, it's weak. I still had to use my imagination to make the vast amount of absences present. I still had to tell a story that will ultimately end up being that, just another story. That's what everything is. Everything is a story. It's from a certain person's perspective, point of view. It's our story. It's his story. It's your story. <laughs> I mean, so much of our history has been buried and here we go again, has been buried and destroyed because much of it has been fabricated because there are so many absences. Yes, which makes our job that much harder to fight the narrative because there's so much missing and there's no, we can't talk to these people anymore. Long gone. There aren't people, there you go. There aren't people alive anymore to testify to the truths of the past. We will never be able to tell its story in a way that's accurate. Absolutely, we can't. Unless there are accounts locked in vaults somewhere under a tight key. But then how will we ever get our hands on them? How can we trust that they are legitimate? Exactly, exactly. Right? Who's to say they didn't forge them and put them away under lock and key so that when they are unveiled, that they're there for, as a tool of deception? Quite possible. He goes, the search for truth in the great annals of history becomes the search for the Holy Grail. He goes, the problem and the real problem is the Holy Grail, the truth. It hops delicately out of the way and disappears uh, into the night like a woodland doe. The truth is elusive, is what he's saying. If you're waiting for someone to appear in the godless cyberland and give you the truth, then you are really waiting for Godot. I agree, right? If you think you can just find it in on in, in the internet, you got to go out there. You got to go see some of these buildings. And that's one thing I plan to do here a little bit more is go in my area and and you know, do the old proverbial boots on the ground to go look at some of these, go touch some of the stone. See what it feels like. Not just rely on the internet, which can be easily manipulated. You got to be able to see things with your own eyes. He goes, yeah, we got to dispel the lies, hold the critical light to some information, and try to piece a few things together. Any and all retellings of history will be part fictional and part factual, right? Yeah, exactly as close to understanding this riddle without deluding myself or relying on the elements that I cannot evidence to stand up as a piece of alternative historiography. Okay. Yeah. You have to have evidence to back up your arguments. You can't just make blind assertions. I'd be lying if I said that we will not need to rely on the imagination to make some uh, so many historical absences present. Yes. Because there's not documentation there, reliable documentation to back it up, so you have to do it. And so there's three things. He goes, "What is a theory? uh, What is theory in lacking evidence? Two, when a claim has evidence to support it but requires development. And then you have three, when we have sufficient evidence. Those are three stages, right? He goes, "I want my investigation to be a challenge to the official story. Congratulations." I mean, I I, yeah, I think all of us are challenging the story, but the indoctrination is so heavy that you even see people like guys, guys like Graham Hancock and Randall Carlson been doing this for decades, have tangible evidence and the mainstream still won't accept it. They're still shunned. They're still frowned upon. So to, you know, to think that. You know, you or I is going to put up a major fight against the quote unquote official story, his story. No, we're just going to keep, you know, we're like those guys. We're like water, right? We're just going to find the path of least resistance and keep going. And eventually, we're going to find a crack. We're going to break through. And then we're going to expose it for what it is. And he goes, Why? Because the approach is weak and cannot take on history the official story it provides no challenge or pressure i disagree i have plenty of things that i can challenge the official story on if we generalize that all history before the 19th century is fake then we are left with a big open space of time with no individual characters in it it's just a generalization it's all bullshit and as all stories need characters when do we try to introduce one let's say someone like Charlemagne, all the opposition has to do is highlight that they're cherry picking. Okay, so then he's going to go on. Okay, so this is his argument. Okay, he's going to give us a handful of buildings and I missed the US Capitol. That was the first one. He goes, Canadian Parliament constructed in seven years, 1859, 1866. He goes, the Tower Bridge was constructed 1864 or 1886 to 1894. Uh, Edmund Building. Uh, in the Chicago World's Fair. He goes, it was built in a year. He gives the, and I don't know how to pronounce this, the Vernway Dam, 1881 to 1890, nine years to construct. And then he shows construction pictures. Okay. Great. We, I don't disagree that some of this was built. Okay, but that's one building of 200 you're showing me at Chicago world's fair and you're showing me the skeleton of it. So who's to say they didn't strip it down to get to that point. I mean, there's just so many things with these, these pictures. I mean, and, and some of it is legitimate. Like we said, they did build stuff, right? We're not claiming that every building was fake, that they didn't build anything. No, they built stuff, but when you're telling me that an entire city is wiped out by a natural disaster and within a decade it is a booming city hosting world's fairs, I have a problem with that narrative. And he goes, made claims that the vast amount of the 19th century and even 20th century construction photographs are photoshopped and faked. I don't, I don't believe that either. I mean, we we I've mentioned a few times about vanilla sky effect, but I don't. Think there was a whole lot of photoshopping going on. I mean, I, I think there was some shenanigans going on in some photos, but the vast majority of them are actual photos. He goes, Can we make a case for them being stage photos, that there being uh, visual missions and absences in regard to the means in which the structures were actually constructed and how the materials for the construction were procured and prepared? I mean, yeah, because look at a lot of the Chicago construction photos. There's no materials anywhere. They're just building the building. And I, I plan on doing an uh, episode just on the Chicago construction stuff because I want to show people, yeah, look, there is. But where are the blueprints? Where's any of the, the, the prefabricated? Where's all the materials coming from? Not all this information has been easily obtainable. And if it's that hard to obtain, I question its legitimacy. He goes, there's a lot of evidence that many of these structures were indeed put up in the 19th century as the final act of rewriting and erasing of the medieval era. Uh, I don't understand that, but okay. (laughs) Is that dating uh, attached to the construction of many structures post 1100s is generally correct? I don't know. Generally, yes, I would say I'd say, but there's still exceptions. There is some shady stuff. Now here's where he gets crazy. He starts saying stuff like, okay, so do we have to say that things like Lord of the Rings, um, Harry Potter, that those are real, that people didn't just have an imagination and uh, and create these things? He goes, so he shows a picture of Lord of the Rings. He goes, does this qualify as sufficient evidence to support a claim that Mordor exists somewhere in our realm, perhaps beyond the North Pole? Again, I think he's just being facetious here. And then he goes, he shows a picture of Harry Potter and his buddies on brooms flying around. He goes, what would someone in 200 years think if they found an image like this without context? Wow, they had flying brooms. Again, it's a generalization. You're drawing an assumption now this is where he gets ridiculous, and he goes that a huge structure such as a cathedral can tear away from its foundations and levitate in the air. I don't know anyone that's talking about levitating buildings. I know they talked about levitating rocks, possibly as a means of building buildings, and we've seen examples of using frequencies to levitate rocks, so that is a possibility, but I've never heard anything about a you know like a cathedral or anything. And I apologize, my dog got in the way here. But he goes, uh, uh, the entrances of uh, the, the braces inside of the cathedrals are teleportation and time traveling. We must provide evidence not only of these working this way. And he goes, yeah. And then he goes on to say, and while all these claims sound marvelous and they might offer some temporary escapism, they ultimately belong to the fantastical and should not be incorporated into any serious inquiry or argument that we make in terms of fabricated history. And here you go. Otherwise, we will become a laughing stock with a big picture of a laughing ass. That many of the old and magnificent structures we find across our realm were originally created to serve the functioning, function of energy generation that's a possibility I've seen thrown around. Yeah. That they had techno uh, technological role in the production of energy. The theoretical model I presented built slightly off some of the work of, and here he goes. He calls out James Lee, John Levy, Martin Lidke, and Marcia Romalo. Okay. Why call these people out? Are you blaming them for your mistake? Like, Why single these folks out? I find that that was not something I, I approved of. You know, I think that's kind of low, low brow here to go after these. Because, yeah, that's John Levy. Does John Levy claim to know anything? Does he claim to present um, anything that he is as to know it to be fact? No, he's presenting pictures, he's presenting different evidence to show you what he believes. So, I don't know. I just that rubbed me the total wrong way right there, calling out those four people. It is nothing more than a theoretical model based primarily on the resemblance and smaller isolated connections, resemblance of patterns of electromagnetic, electromagnetic energy, right? Like the, uh, like we see the windows that have sacred geometric patterns. And there are instances primarily linguistic that hint at the connection between architecture and energy production, like cathode and cathedral, right? And that was his big thing he brought up. And who's to say it doesn't? There's a lot in word magic where they hide things in the words. He goes, It is now time, however, to try and evidence this claim. Otherwise, this argument will be classified as, and he loves this word, pareidolia, the tendency of perception to impose a meaningful interpretation on a nebulous stimulus, usually visual so that one sees an object pattern or meeting where there is none he goes i reiterate an argument that others before made yeah before him made that ether played a primary primary role in the relationship between architecture and energy without a single piece of sufficient evidence backing it up and now he talks about how he was spending so much time fighting globers that you know how could he make such a mistake and goes uh, he goes uh he goes to require them to provide sufficient evidence and demonstration of curvature of gravity acting on water in such a way and yet i go and rush in and talk about ether as if i had just activated salisbury cathedral he goes the concept of ether and so he's he's bringing up which is relevant right he goes ether is about as elusive and problematic as the concept of gravity it's a theory right and gravity is a theory but Everybody accepts, you know, not everybody, but, you know, the mainstream accepts gravity and he's, and, and here you go again, contradicting. And I'm not saying ether doesn't exist and civilizations in our history did not understand or harness it. On the contrary, I believe it does exist, but believing is not evidencing. Okay. Ether is problematic. And instead of offering us, um, more routes in to understanding architecture, uh, architecture's potentially historic history it actually closes a big door firmly in our face. No, cuz you just said it was a possibility. So how does it close the door? I don't I don't understand that. All right, what do we got here? Can anyone provide evidence between ether and its connections to architecture? They cannot. I cannot. It is a theory. Okay, it's a theory. Gravity is a theory. Relativity is a theory. Then here he goes the new lazy justification, the get out of jail free card. Never repeat a theory unless you stand, you can stand behind it with sufficient evidence. All right. I agree with that. But at times, putting out theories, that's how you do it. You put out a theory to prove or disprove it. Ether is just one theoretical way of approaching these structures. But if we cannot evidence it and Uh, continue to argue for it then what happens then our argument remains weak and we lose he goes the concept of ether does play a role in the story of the gothic in the middle ages and we cannot dismiss it as complete baggage just yet so so you just spent the last eight to ten slides bashing ether as nonsense but yet say it does play a role in the story of the gothic and middle ages so again it's rife with contradictions however i cannot provide sufficient evidence of architecture harnessing it he goes ether in architecture one remains an unproven theory two too vague of uh concept to work in with the evidencing a connection between architecture and energy the evidence on this matter needs to be more tangible than a concept such as ether okay fair enough He goes, the ether architecture theory has become a wild, fantastical claim of which I contributed toward. As it's now hindering our progress, I'll be dropping this theory right here and pursuing different routes into investigating the potential hidden mysteries of architecture. Although two slides earlier, you just said that it plays a role possibly in the Gothic. So you will be coming back to it if, if, you know, if that's the case. So to write it off is just kind of childish. I don't know. I'm taking my ball and going home. That's kind of how I see it. Uh, he goes. It was just not driven. Was not just driven by a desire to understand Garth, Gothic architecture's story. It was also driven by my need to try and find evidence that architecture had a lost, hidden history and function which we all know it does, a lot of architecture, not all, because then you say all, you're into this generalizations again. He goes, I so desperately wanted to find evidence that went beyond pareidolia that this looks like a coil, so it must have been a coil. And it's you know a building with multiple towers that look like coils. These photographs are still not enough evidence of architecture playing an active role in energy production. This is the Tower of Light from Buffalo in 1904. Is the architecture actively involved in producing the energy or just a space to hold the lights? Valid question. Much like our homes are a space that supports its own little electrical grid. He goes, mercury vapor powering the illumination, radium. And then he shows these old fireplaces with those balls. And if any of you have... uh, I forgot where I heard this, but I was listening to someone talk about how when their grandmother used to go to church, they used to bring those little silver balls and put them up on the altar and they would essentially charge during the service. And then they would bring them back home and put them on the mantle in the fireplace. So I think there's something to the radium for sure. And you can look at the old ads for radium, um, so yeah, it may not be the building itself. The building itself may be, uh, you know, the producer, not producer, but the, the means of emanating the light. Are evidence that we've been lied to about the development of electromagnetic energy and alternate means of producing it? Yes, we have evidence of that. Yes, they do not, however, suffice as proof of a hidden connection between energy and architecture itself. That's true, it doesn't? It is more realistic that these structures we see here in the illuminated world's fairs actually played more of a passive role, much like contemporary illuminations we see in our cities and fairs today. Fair point. The lie here is the means in which electricity was produced, not the connection between the energy and the architecture. And I agree with that, okay? But a lie is a lie. So if they're lying about that, why couldn't they be lying about other things? And that's you know, kind of the stance we're taking here to contradict them. Most of the World's Fair took place during the second half of the 19th century. These photographs have nothing to do with cathedrals or the Gothic. The Middle Ages ended in the 1400s. I don't see what kind of connection he's drawing there. The World's Fairs do have nothing to do with cathedrals, but they use this Greco-Roman Renaissance construction style to build things in record time. You know, I mean, look at this. This was all done in two years. Illumination. This is Buffalo, 1904 again. Um, but all this was done in a couple of years. It's, I mean, it's, it's a miracle. The official narrative is very powerful and he almost succumbed to it. He says that all the clues that would yield just enough evidence had been successfully buried and destroyed that we cannot get any further understanding in our lost history and, all we were left with is pure imaginative theories that perhaps there were no great cover-ups and much of the frustration stemmed from having a theoretical concept like ether in my mind. If you give yourself over entirely to a theory, then you lose all flexibility and go blind. Yes. You cannot tie yourself to a theory. You have to be flexible. What if there are other things clearly hidden in plain sight that you cannot see them because your mind is too attached to a theory. That's it. Yeah, you're blinded by the light, right? What if there are other approaches and paths to take when trying to investigate architecture's potential hidden history? And then you have uh, Victor Hugo again. He goes that architecture functions like a language before the Renaissance. I think on multiple fronts, it was a language. I think it was a healing language. I think it was a you know an expression. He goes, once I dropped the theory of ether, I began to see a little more clearly. The fog in front of my eyes began to dissipate. And the strangest thing of all is that I had always suspected. I just forgot my delusional obsession with ether. The best thing you can do is start applying heightened scrutiny to all information. Who, Who hasn't been scrutinizing information from Jump Street? I mean, that's been everything that I do is I scrutinize. I'm trying to look at both sides. If someone presents a theory, then it needs to be evaluated properly. One, does it generalize too much? Two, does it make excuses for or ignore counterarguments or evidence? Three, does it rely on fantastical claims without much factual or demonstrable evidence? And remember, resemblance does not count as primary evidence. It can only support evidence in a supplemental way. Yeah, and that's what a lot of the free energy architecture stuff is, 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 is it looks like, right? We don't know that it functions like. And he says that right here. He goes, it may look like a magnet or a portal, but that does not mean it was one or ever acted like one. Okay. So that is the ride, the final ride of the last history of the flat earth. So, I'm interested to hear what you guys think about it. I know you all asked what my opinion was. And like I said, I had mixed emotions on it because he does make some very valid points in here, but to do a flip like this again, over one book, after all of the research that they had supposedly done seems a little skeptical to me, doesn't sit well with me. Because you're telling me that in, in in making all of those videos, all that research that went into it, you were assuming that none, zero of the buildings were actually built from the ground up. And if so, hey, you that's a huge assumption, you know, that was made incorrectly, but... You know, like I said, I I have said it since day one when I started looking into the Chicago fair. And that's one of the, you know, when Howdy poses it, he gives three scenarios. Right? That the buildings were built in the time that they say they were, which is nearly impossible, statistically impossible. That some of the buildings were built as they said they were, and some were there previously. Or that they just had some technology that allowed them to build these in a time frame that uh, would blow our minds today. I mean, think about that, guys. I mean, you look at St. Louis in 1904. Uh, okay, the St. Louis Exposition, something like 12 to 1500 buildings over a thousand acres and it was built in a couple years guys and we're talking about this cathedral here and again the the the, (laughs) it's comparing apples and oranges because the two structures are very different but the vast amount of labor materials everything needed to do it in two to three years it just doesn't make sense and even he says it in here he's talking about how this one took 75 years, 74, 75 years to build, but yet they redid Canterbury in seven to 10 years. I mean, guys, it's just, it's rife with holes. And so what I do like about it and, and I'm done ripping it. I'm done saying that, you know, I'm really disappointed and, kind of disheartened by it ending like this because I I enjoyed the ride so much to have it just end like this is, you know, it leaves you with an empty feeling. But at the same time, guys, it just tells you. It reiterates the point that you have to question everything. Everything and everyone. I don't care how much you like the information. I don't care how much you like my information. Question my shit, (laughs) you know, because even though I'm getting it from sources, those sources might not be right. So I may be giving incorrect information, but I'm giving it credibly, you know, like uh, not disingenuously. I'm giving it based on what I've read and what I've come across in my research. So you need to do your research. You cannot make generalizations. Once you throw the word all in there, your argument loses a lot of credibility. Okay? You you can't make these generalizations. And you can't pair it. You got to come up with your own stuff. You can give other people credit for their work, yeah. But you can't just blindly hear it and then go out and repeat it without doing any research on your own. That defeats the whole purpose of doing research and being credible, having credibility. And that's what this boils down to, guys. I want everybody to have credibility. The people that I listen to, I want them to be credible. If not, I'm not listening. Okay. When people start getting real crazy, I kind of tend to, you know, tune them out a little bit. And, uh, you know, guys, you got to, again, it comes back to question everything. Like he said, material can be forged. The archives. There's forgeries in there. There's, we know there's fakes in there. There's stories of fakes in there. And we're not getting access to the Vatican archives anytime soon. We're not getting access to the Smithsonian anytime soon. But those places are hiding key evidence and why that's the question that's why we're doing this why are they hiding it from us and what are they hiding from us that's what we want to know that we're not asking very difficult questions it's just that they do not want to provide the answer because it would cause problems for them Ladies and gentlemen, I appreciate your time as always. Uh, This will be both in podcast form and during the week, I will get it up on YouTube. It just takes a little while to post on YouTube. Um, So go check it out. Do me a favor. If you like it, give me a thumbs up, leave a review, leave a comment, share, spread the word, okay? You can find me on Instagram at The Great Deception Podcast. You can find me on YouTube at the Great Deception Podcast. You can find me. I have a bit shoot and odyssey page that uh, I will start building up here in the near future. And then if you want to hit me up on email, the great deception podcast at gmail.com. I really hope you guys enjoy this. Uh I really hope you guys watch this. Um and like i said just question everything because when it comes down to it you can't just blind put blind faith in anything you will get burned and with that said folks stay strong and question everything
0: a vital element in keeping the peace is our military establishment. Our arms must be mighty, ready for instant action, so that no potential aggressor may be tempted to risk his own destruction. Our military organization today bears little relation to that known of any of my predecessors in peacetime, or indeed by the fighting men of World War II or Korea. Until the latest of our world conflicts, The United States had no armaments industry. American makers of plowshares could, with time, and as required, make swords as well. But we can no longer risk emergency improvisation of national defense. We have been compelled to create a permanent armaments industry of vast proportions. Had to do this, three and a half million men and women... Are directly engaged in the defense establishment. We annually spend on military security alone more than the net income of all United States corpora- corporations. Now, this conjunction of an immense military establishment and a large arms industry is new in the American experience. The total influence, economic, political, even spiritual, is felt in every city. Every state house, every office of the federal government. We recognize the imperative need for this development, yet we must not fail to comprehend its grave implications. Our toil, resources, and livelihood are all involved. So is the very structure of our society. In the councils of government, we must gar- guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought by the military-industrial complex. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. We must never let the weight of this combination endanger our liberties or democratic processes. We should take nothing for granted. Only an alert and knowledgeable citizenry can compel the proper meshing of the huge industrial and military machinery of defense with our peaceful methods and goals, so that security and liberty may prosper together.